0: Well, last Sunday we began a brief two-week series out of the Old Testament book of Habakkuk or Habakkuk, however you say it. And we discovered last week, according to Google, that both pronunciations are okay. Uh, Hope in the dark. And today's message, Embracing God in the Valley. I mentioned last week that Pastor Craig Grishel and the large church that he leads in the U.S. make all of their resources available uh, for churches to use in whatever whatever way they want, Uh, churches all around the world, and uh, it's a blessing to the kingdom, actually, and I've not utilized it often, but wanted to, uh, again, acknowledge that a good good amount of the content of this uh, series, these two messages, is from that resource, and so I, I honor them this morning. In the Old Testament, there are 12 minor prophets. Short books in the Old Testament, the, the back of the Old Testament, many of you know, in the, the end of the Old Testament from Hosea to Malachi. And again, as we said last week, they're not minor, they're not called minor because they're less important, but simply because they're shorter than uh, what we refer to as the major prophets, whose writings are longer. Thank you, with me. Perfect. You guys are awesome. A couple of you, anyway. Um, last week, we said that uh, Habakkuk lived about 600 years before the birth of Christ and wrote at that time. And uh, he wasn't a typical Old Testament prophet who uh, would, would speak to the people on behalf of God, but mostly he spoke to God on behalf of the people because he had some serious questions for God about what was going on, about what God was allowing to happen. Uh, the, the prophet was, was wrestling, actually, with God's goodness. You ever done that? You're in good company, right? He was wrestling with God's goodness when there was so much evil in the world. And so Habakkuk chapter 1 and 2 is all about wondering what's going on. And it's about waiting for God to act and do something, as we looked at last Sunday. Habakkuk basically is saying, God, I I don't like what you're allowing to happen. It doesn't seem fair. When are you going to do something? And again, some of you may be in that place of talking to God honestly, or, or maybe you haven't had the courage to speak it out loud. But it's in your head, and that's okay. God's big enough to handle those questions. We we just, as we chatted last week, we just can't park there and get to a place of a bitter heart. That's the destructive zone spiritually, emotionally, relationally. Some of you may be in the place of saying, God, when are are you going to give me some evidence that you're you're hearing my prayers? Then we get to the last verse of chapter 2 in Habakkuk, verse 20, and in spite of all the questions, Habakkuk says, the Lord is in his holy temple. Let the earth be silent before him. He's so awesome. He's so amazing. He's so powerful. It's just like, Let's just be silent. It's a good posture sometimes. This is a reminder, this verse, verse 20, that God is present. He was present for the Israelites and that the the temple in the Old Testament represented his, his presence that was always with them. It was the reminder that he was right there with them. And we all need that reminder at times. We all do. For us, as New Testament Christ followers, He he is most definitely with us. Why? You know it if you're a Christ follower. The Bible says, clearly, the New Testament says, God, by His Spirit, dwells within us. That's just a phenomenal, mind-blowing thought. He is not just with us, He's within us. Chapter 3 brings hope of being able to cling to God and to to his strength in and through any difficulty. And two things that are important to help us in the sometimes difficult process of clinging to God and feeling his embrace. Two things we're going to look at. Praise and remembrance. Simple things. Kinda. (laughs) Praise and remembrance. Praise, briefly. Habakkuk chapter 3 begins with this sentence. A prayer of Habakkuk the prophet on Shijanoth. It's a weird word. It's not a word I've ever used in normal conversation. Shijanoth. There's some uncertainty about that word, but most scholars believe it has something to do with singing with strong emotion and exuberance. Which is interesting because the context of Habakkuk's prayer was not a happy, uh, victorious, uh, song happy, song-worthy time. But that's the point. Times were very difficult and in our own lives, if Satan, who is God's enemy and, and ours... If he can get us disillusioned to keep us from praising God and, and being thankful to God for the things, many things we all have to be thankful for, he's well on his way to winning the battle for our soul, actually. It's important stuff. It's eternal stuff. This word, as Shigenoth, expresses Habakkuk's intent to still praise God, to praise God with exclamation marks, actually, no matter what's going on. when things are going well, it's pretty easy for a genuine Christ follower to, to praise and thank God. But what do we do when life gets tough? Or when we're in a long period of waiting, when we're asking? Anybody there these days? <laughs> Or when we're waiting for an answer, uh, for a job, for a spouse, for a healing, for direction. And and we're frustrated in the way. What do do we do then? Can we still praise God? You see, praising, you know this, I'm sure. You know this. The Bible says clearly, uh, praising God needs to flow from a heart uh, and our lips. Not just when things are going well, but from a commitment to thank Him for who he is. It's good to thank him for what he's done, but to to thank him, to stop, to pause, to thank him, to praise him for who he is. There's a little verse in Hebrews, the New Testament book of Hebrews 13, 15. It's not on the uh, the screen, but you can write it down. Good to reflect on this verse. Maybe even memorize it. Hebrews 13, Hebrews 13, verse 15. Let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Continually. Always, no matter what's going on in life. And, and I'm a work in progress at this as well, by the way. Praise so important, sometimes just to even keep us afloat, spiritually, emotionally. And we can do that every day. with music, without music. we praise God every day, and we should. Hopefully it's a part of our daily time with God. But that's why it's such significant moments together like this in our gatherings. Meaningful times of praise, uplifting, eternity shaping times of praise. And then remembrance. Praise and remembrance. Remembrance. Habakkuk 3.2 says, Lord, I have, Habakkuk speaking, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day, in our time. Make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. Interesting comment. In God's justifiable judgment for sin. In your judgment, in your, he says, in your wrath, remember mercy. Isn't it great to live as we do on the other side of the cross of Jesus where the mercy of God was displayed so powerfully? In your your wrath, remember mercy. (laughs) Like you've done so many times before is the implication. Now, in your relationship, if, if if you're new in a relationship with Jesus, you may not have a lot to look back on in terms of, you know, identifiable things that God has done for you, but you can likely look back as a, even an, as a new Christ follower. Look back on the years of living before you, were, uh, before you came to that place of surrendering your life to Christ. You can probably look back and identify God's uh, hand leading, guiding, lovingly directing your steps. So, you know, maybe you didn't identify it or, or notice it at the time, but now as you look back, you can see the times when God brought the right person across your path to speak into your life, to bring you a little closer to that time when you personally accepted and trusted Christ to yourself. And you can give thanks for that. And so we should. So regularly, wherever we're at in our journey with Christ, regularly carving out time to remember what God has done and and reflecting upon his goodness and faithfulness, we we probably all need to do that more. I, I know I do. Hebrews 3, verse 3, the prophet says, God came from Teman, the Holy One from Mount Paran. His glory covered the heavens and the earth was full of his praise. I read that with a little weird cadence, but I'm not going to reread it. These locations mentioned here may not mean a lot to us, but these these places were very meaningful to Habakkuk because they they were where God took his people for refuge after delivering them from Egyptian bondage. And Javi is saying, he's saying, God, I'm remembering when my people had lost hope. We were thinking we were going to be in bondage forever. But you moved on Pharaoh's heart. You, 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 uh, you know, split the Red Sea and we walked across on dry ground. It was unbelievable, incredible. Your supernatural help arrived just in time. And I know so many of you as I can also, we can say that. Your supernatural help arrived just in time. And Habakkuk is saying, God, as I look back, you've been so faithful. You've displayed your goodness in so many ways. And God, I know you're still good. And you will show your faithfulness again. And kids among us, this is, this is so applicable to you. To be able to look back over your young life and think about and thank God for the, the things that he brings to your mind that you can thank him for and for who he is in your life, that he loves you so much. That he's got his best plan for you if you'll just follow him. Some of you need to hear the expression that I just re- read a moment ago. Some of you need to express something like that from your own lips today because you, you know it's true in your own life. From verses 3 to 16, God took Habakkuk back in time, reminding the prophet of his faithfulness as he led his uh, forefathers over the centuries. And... and, and Sometimes when we're in the valley, we just just simply need to remember, to call to memory the goodness and faithfulness of God. Maybe as you think about it, you can say something like, I remember. Well, I remember when money was tight and scarce. But God, you provided in numerous and, and, and creative ways for me and my family. Thank you. Or maybe you can remember when, and you say, I, I, I remember, God, when I was waiting for, for, the, for the person you wanted to bring into my life as spouse, and I, I waited, and I prayed, and I trusted you, and I remained faithful to you in my wondering what you were doing in the delay. I still, I still embraced you. Thank you for giving me the strength to do that during that season of my life. Or maybe you can look back if you're married and you and your spouse can together say, we remember when our marriage literally was on the brink of imploding, but somehow we, we both decided, we both made the choice to commit to God again, to recommit, to recommit to one another and to do the hard work of reconciliation. And, and God, you literally resurrected our marriage. Some of you can say that. Maybe for you it's remembering when Jesus healed you or, or led you or comforted you or reminded you that he was there even when it didn't feel like he was. And that doesn't mean we did everything right in, in, in the past either, in those seasons. It doesn't mean we got it all right or made all the proper choices along. But God's mercy, God's grace was there for us every step of the way and you and, and can see that more clearly now. What's the best thing to do when you're in a dark season of walking in the valley? Sure, we struggle with, with the pain and the questions, but, but then we, we just, friends, I speak to myself as well, we just need to choose to praise him and to choose to remember the goodness and faithfulness of God. You see, as we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness, we'll more easily be able to look our current trouble right in the eye and say, God, I still am trusting you with everything within me. Yes, yes, I'm wrestling with, uh, with, with you, God, about the, the things as they are, but I'm committed to continue to cling to you and to cling to your heart and to cling to your faithful. I mean, it might be by, the, by your fingertips, but committed to cling to you and which makes sense, because you're, you're actually my only source of hope. And then you, in doing that, you, you, you don't just endure then. In, enduring is good. Enduring is, is defined as uh, suffering patiently. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to do, but it's kind of it's passive in nature. God, God wants us, I think, to be, to be more active, than that in the valley seasons of our life. And the active word, again, is cling. Cling to God. Cling to his heart. Cling to what you know, that he is still good and loving, even when life isn't. Because it's in that process that you'll you'll feel his strong and loving embrace. To be able to take that next step. In the midst of all this, Habakkuk felt weak. He said it this way in verse 16 I heard and my heart pounded. Those of you that know me have known me once or twice to go on a rabbit trail. Some of you said, Oh, there goes Marlo, a squirrel. Well, this is one, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving you forewarning, four fair warning. Okay, I read that and right away my mind went to 2017 in the spring. I was blessed with some sabbatical time, some elongated time off for rejuvenation and what have you. And I spent some time alone and one of the places I spent time alone was in Coleman, Alberta, just west of Frank's slide on Highway 3 in Crow's Nest Pass. Some of you probably know it. One day I took a drive off of the mountain up this, or sorry, to... I took a drive off the mountain, and I'm here. Praise God. It was awesome. Uh, I took a drive off of the highway, up the mountain. Uh, The first six kilometers were paved, small paved road, and then turned into a logging road, rough road. And I was on that road for about 10 kilometers before I decided to get out and take a hike. I was alone. I had bear spray. All good. As, As a matter of fact, before I went on that trip, the week or two prior, A few weeks prior, whatever it was, I I heard two news reports about Alberta spring bear attacks. And one thing they stressed in the the news reports both times, is don't hike alone. I listened well. Um, But I, uh, yeah, I I got on, that was on my mind as I walked away from my car, for sure. Uh, But I had my water bottle that I crinkled to make noise. That's what I'm supposed to do, right? Let them know you're coming so they can prepare for lunch. I'm not sure. Uh, So I felt like an idiot, but crinkle, crinkle, as I walked along, you know, and singing, and uh, talking to my imaginary friend, and all that to make noise. Um, So after about two kilometers away from my car, I thought, well, I've had enough of this. I'm going to turn around and and head back. And as I did, I looked off into the distance down where I was going to return back on that path, a little broader than a regular path, but... And off to the right, way off in the distance, was this round, brown thing. And I stopped. And I waited. And I watched that thing for more than, more than several seconds. It didn't appear to be moving, so I proceeded cautiously, keeping my eye on it. And as I got close enough to identify, God did a miracle. He changed that grizzly bear into a tree stump. It's incredible. It's awesome. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> uh, yeah. And, and so then my mind raced ahead to the next opening where I thought for sure I'd see Mama Bear and her cubs. And as I continued to walk, I, I literally, I, I heard, I heard steps, thump, thump. I, I, I stopped, I turned around, and as I did, I realized my, my heart was pounding so hard that I heard thump, thump, thump. Ah, uh, anyway, all that to say I can relate to Habakkuk's pounding heart, albeit for different reason, uh, but I made it back from that experience, as you deduced, I'm sure. See what I mean? Squirrel. Then Habakkuk, in the midst of all of that that Habakkuk is living, wrestling with God, we talked a little bit more about that last week. And if you missed that message, you can go online and, 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 and listen to that. I encourage you to do that. In the midst of all that, in verse 17 and 18, Habakkuk describes the depth of his commitment. He says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there be no grapes on the vines, and the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there be no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, I mean, times are tough, Right? And you might be saying something similar, different circumstances, but you might be saying, though I'm praying, I'm not seeing an answer. Or though we're still believing that we can conceive, we're not. Or, or though I'm still asking God for that job, for that provision, for that spouse, uh, for that answer, for wisdom, that, for that healing, I, I'm, I'm still waiting. In all of the realities that he wrestles with God about Habakkuk still chooses to say, verse 18, I, yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. You see, that's a a choice. I can can hear him say, hey, there are many reasons why I might not feel like rejoicing in God or praising him, but I'm choosing to sing the Shijanoth song. And if you remember that word, by the time you get out of here today, there's a prize. Not sure what the prize is going to be, but I'm choosing to sing the so the the, the uh, everything within me expression of praise. I'm choosing that. And I choose to remember God's goodness in the past. And even though I did not see what I want to see right now, or I'm not seeing what I want to see right now, I choose to praise God. Not for just what he's done and that's okay but for who he is so Habakkuk shows us how to be honest with God about the struggle and still and still cling to him so as to feel his loving embrace and and even if he doesn't change our circumstances he he changes our perspective if we allow him as we choose to reflect on his character and think about and thank him for his faithfulness and in doing so he he grows our heart to trust because we I don't know about you but sometimes I feel like I Trusting is is hard work. I need His help. And and, and then to help us even thrive spiritually in the darkest valley. Believe it. It's not easy. I know that myself. It's not easy. But it's possible. And I've seen this in some of you over the years. And you've inspired me by your story, by your testimony in this regard probably inspired many others that you don't even realize. Notice that for Habakkuk, there's never the, okay, now it's all better moment. But look at the very last verse of this book, chapter 3, verse 19. It speaks to what we need to do while we're waiting in trouble or pain. Habakkuk says, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. In other words, God takes me to a place where my faith in my creator is elevated over the bad situation or situations where I see things more clearly from his perspective. That's huge. Mountaintop living, where everything's going great, is great. <laughs> How can you argue with that? But, but, but valley experiences can take us to depths of intimacy and growth in our relationship with God that we wouldn't experience otherwise. That's just true. And, and, and so many of you know that from your experience. It's what in the New Testament, a little book of James near the back of the New Testament, in his uh, first chapter of that letter, he says, consider it pure joy. What? Pure joy. When you face trials of many kinds. Weird. No. Not in the context of what we've been talking about. Consider it pure joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature as a Christ follower and complete, not lacking anything. So again, what... What do we do when we're in the valley? We, we must choose to praise God and to remember his goodness and character until we feel his embrace. And if that's what you know you need to do today in response in these moments as I conclude, whether you're here in person or connecting online, if you're sitting alone or, or with your family or whatever and, and, and you're connecting in online today, this is, this, is, this is for you, of course, as well. Just take these moments as I'm asking everybody here to do. To make it a kind of a, we call it the, the, the altar of, uh, of surrender. Again, of our lives and our minds and our hearts. And I'm going to lead in a prayer. And I, I'm asking you if this message resonates with you today and your experience right now. To, to make this prayer your own. If you want me to send it to you, let me know. I'll email it to you. And it, it, it's, 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 it's more about the posture of your heart. We know that. But if you know you need to pray a prayer like this, I want you to to do so in your heart or even audibly as I pray it out loud. Pray with me. Heavenly Father, I know that you see me in this dark valley right now. And you know I'm, I'm wrestling to understand what's going on, but I'm choosing to turn my heart your direction. I, I humbly ask for your grace and for your guidance in in my wondering what's going on and in my waiting for you to act. I I pray, God, by your Holy Spirit, please give me the strength to cling to you as I choose to trust your faithful character and your love for me. I I choose to freely and genuinely praise you, not just for what you can do for me, but simply because of who you are. Help me to, to never let go of you because you will never, you will never let go of me. Thank you for that. Help me to sense your nearness. And to daily, daily feel your loving embrace as I walk this valley season of life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe there's someone listening right now. and Maybe you connected online today and I, I don't believe it's an accident that you're hearing this message, but you're not a Christ follower. You, you, you honestly say, I've, I don't even really know what it means to have a personal and eternal relationship with God. L- like the Bible says that all of us can by his grace. So great. I, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for you. He went to the cross. He, he, he stepped in and took the penalty of sin upon himself for you. And, and when he rose from the dead, he proved, and by the way, 500 witnesses verifiable historical fact, 500 witnesses seeing Jesus alive after the resurrection. It's not an Easter fabrication. It's truth. And if we don't have the resurrection, we got nothing. Paul said that, right, in the New Testament. But he rose from the dead for you, to show you he, he has the power to free you from your sin and, 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 and ourselves and, and, and the eternal consequence of our, of our sin and being separated from God eternally. There's a little New Testament verse, Romans 6, 3, that puts it very plainly. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Wages, the the result of sin. And we're all born in sin, the Bible says. The wages of sin is death. And death is ultimately and primarily eternal separation from our creator that God does not want for any one of us. For the wages of sin is death, but, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Gift, key word what gift have you ever had to work for? Otherwise, it's not a gift. It's a gift of salvation. It's awesome. And maybe there's some of you that need to receive that gift, and you know you want to receive that gift. You may not be able to have it all figured out. I don't have it all figured out. But I know the simplicity of the good news message of Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection for me. Pretty simple. Sometimes the simplicity keeps us from embracing it, actually. Huh? Don't let that happen. If you want to open your life to Christ... Just turn to him now and say, God, I thank you. Father, I thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, I thank you for coming voluntarily, willingly for me to step in and take upon yourself what belonged to me in terms of the punishment for my sin. Thank you for your grace and your gift of salvation. I receive it now. Be my forgiver. Be the leader of my life. I surrender everything to you. Thank you for loving me so much. In Jesus' name, amen. You prayed that prayer. We want to celebrate with you. We want to help you with some resources that will enable you to establish your roots in your new relationship with Jesus. You can text Jesus. I haven't said this joke for a while. I'm due. Text Jesus. Get it? No, I don't. Know. Anyway, text the word Jesus. He, he might respond. He could. Uh, but at the very least, we'll have the privilege to respond. And, and we want to we walk with you in what it means to follow Jesus. We'd be excited if you gave us that opportunity. God bless you. Thanks for opening your heart to God's word this morning.